Welcome to the FCS Podcast on the Hero Sports Podcast Network. Here's Sam Herter and Brian McLaughlin. Are you ready? Welcome to the FCS Podcast, folks, on this uh, week before Christmas, and we hope you all are having a great holiday season, and I know uh, we've got two fan bases that are really excited about what comes right after New Year's, which is a trip to Frisco. So, this is Brian McLaughlin with my partner in crime, Sam Herter, and Sam, what's, uh, let me let me touch on this really quickly, what's, what's, the, what's the Christmas plan, dude? We're human. Yeah, um, going down to the Twin Cities, Minneapolis area uh, this coming weekend. Um, usually we do our family, direct family Christmas in my hometown of Breckner's, Minnesota. But uh, oh. my sister is pregnant with her due date coming up, so we're going Uh-oh. over to um, up or down to her place in, in Minneapolis so she doesn't have to travel. Uh, so, that, yeah, yep. so that's our plan. Been there, man. My wife was pregnant uh, with our twins one Christmas and we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> it's like you yeah, guys, you, you, kinda, just, you guys can come stay to us. Put, you kind of just stay put. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Well, we're, we're staying put this year and, and, uh, thankfully at least <laughs> being 43 years old, she's not pregnant this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're, we're staying close to home and doing the, the, uh, Santa Claus thing and, uh, really looking forward to it. So, um, you know, we're really Folks, the, it, the the podcast is working really well, and we really want to say thank you to all of you and really hope you have a great holiday season. And uh, we want to get into the into the FCS picture a little bit, real quick recap on <laughs> what we saw last weekend and then uh, what we think we're going to see next. Uh, Sam, what jumps off the page to you about our semifinal games we just had? Well, really, it's the scores. I mean, I think in... Both of our, um, well, I mean, first of all, I must say that I went two and zero on my picks, and I believe you went zero and two on yeah, your shut up. final. Shut up! <laughs> but uh, I, think, shut I think I think we both said somewhere, you know, in our in our you know preview column that we thought these were both fifty fifty games that could go either way. I did, I did, and, and then we end up getting forty four twenty one NDSU win, and then a fifty to nineteen win. Uh, Eastern Washington over Maine. I think. I mean, it could have been worse than that for Maine. I think it was twenty-one nothing pretty quick. So that's kind of the the kind of the biggest thing that that stands out to me is just the the dominating performance from start to finish for Eastern Washington. Um, and then for North Dakota State, it wasn't you know one through four quarter domination, but it was a second second half domination for NDSU. So two pretty decisive victories. Um, I think after. The Friday night game, a lot of Bison's, Bison fans were saying, um, you know, whoever we're playing, Eastern Washington or Maine, doesn't matter, we're going to roll them. Um, mm-hmm. But I would hope, after watching what Eastern Washington did Saturday afternoon, that um, fans should expect a, a pretty fun and explosive game between these two. Yeah, I, I think you can't – who could have anticipated what Eric Berrier has become at Eastern Washington? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, whether he was a hot recruit or not, which I, I've said a couple times, you know, I connected with him when he was a senior in high school, uh, three-star kid out of California, you know, and, and I remember the quotes he gave me back then, two and a half years ago, 
about being, you know, a playmaker, and the coaches said they really liked that about him. Well, who? how do you throw a kid in the middle of an injury situation with Gage Gruber, middle of the year, and, and they stubbed their toe against Weber State? It didn't look like it was going to be real good, but Eric has just turned into a monster. Um, you, you know, looking at the two games, I did think they were going to be 50-50. I did think that the coaching situation with NDSU would be – at least somewhat of an issue because we're talking about young men and father figures. And to find out that you're going to lose your father figure to another, you know, school with different colors is profound. And uh, I I did think that would be a factor. And you want to know something? It was not a factor at all, which which says a lot about North Dakota State and what they do. Uh, I thought the internal hire of Matt Entz is genius with a program like that. Um, that Maybe that helped quiet everything down and the fact Kleiman was still on the field with them. You know, maybe all of those factors erased any doubts, you know, but there was no hiccup with them. Uh, the main thing, hey, 12,000 miles of travel in uh, 9 to 10 days, uh, it really sucks. You know, traveling kicks your butt. And on top of that, you're supposed to be at the top of your game for a semifinal. I'm I'm not trying to make excuses, but I, I, I think we're not talking about excuses. We're talking about facts here, which is that traveling those distances twice in one week span and trying to do something your your program's never done. And, and they or well, they have never done it. This group certainly had never been a part of anything like that. And they're actually pretty young, all the way up to their head coach, Harris Simiak. So, uh, you know, Maine kind of fell apart a little bit. It, it was a lot of turnovers early. Eastern Washington capitalized, and uh, and we ended up with two blowouts. So I wasn't just 0 for 2. I was really 0 for 3 because I thought Maine could pull it off. I thought South Dakota State might capitalize on a coaching change. And I thought both games would be close. And I was zero for three. I messed them all up. So yeah, um, and I, I, you know, I, I, I should have stuck to my guns, Brian. Because if you remember our, um, in, in our Slack channel is how we um, communicate mostly. Um, I think it was the Monday night or Tuesday morning when we were talking about the news of Chris Kleiman, um, going to Kansas State. And I messaged you and I said, you know, I, I think NDSU might roll South Dakota State. I, I think, you know, I, I kind of see the writing on the wall that this might turn into a blowout game. Um, but I kind of eased off um, on that as the week progressed, and I think I predicted NSU to win by 10, um, like 31-21 or something like that. But I, I should have stuck with my guns and <laughs> predicted more of a blowout game uh, so I can seem a little smarter. <laughs> yeah, picking picking makes us smarter. So, well, uh, so we, we pivot to this big matchup. And, I you know, after watching what Eastern Washington did, you know, if you told me in early October when the injury happened at quarterback that this team would be this well-balanced, uh, plays tough defense, I mean, to me, they're like a, a mini, maybe younger version of what we're seeing in Fargo when it comes to a team that doesn't just do one thing well. Maine does defense really well when they don't turn the ball over a ton of times. Um, you know, other teams throw the ball around like crazy. Um, you know, other other teams run the ball really well. And Eastern Washington this year is showing that they can, you know, do good things at all the facets of the game. And uh, I think it's a it's it's an interesting matchup. Um, 
And I don't know, man. What do you, what are you expecting in Frisco? And uh, heck, man, what are we gonna do in Frisco when we get there? Ah, it's gonna be a busy week uh, for us. What we, we're getting there, Brian, you and I are Wednesday morning. It's Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, Wednesday morning. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll be there um, Wednesday through Wednesday through Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, busy week talking with players and coaches. We're hoping to meet up with fans. Um, we're hoping to do a little bit of tailgating before the game and just wandering around the lots. Um, and then it's game time Saturday morning. I think um, I th- I'm pretty sure everyone you know outside of Washington is probably going to pick NSU to win this game. Um, they're just I think they're the easy choice and the you know the the, the heavy favorites to win this game. But again, I, th- I think it's going to be a lot closer than um, what people think because you hit it right on the head that this is a really balanced Eagles team that's isn't a team that's, you know, hanging on by a thread defensively and winning games 59 to, to 42 like they have in the past. Um, they've really improved uh, defensively in, in Kettner Cup. Um, I talked to him earlier in the season, the, the the middle linebacker for Eastern Washington, and he said it's it's just been a culture change that's just been in the works, you know, for the last handful of years. But with, with, with Aaron Best coming on as head coach last year, that's really when it, you know, started to, to turn in – or started to, to take action and um, – he said really what they did defensively was kind of simplify things. And instead of being okay at a bunch of different things, they just decided to, you know, let's be good at these, you know, a few things. And um, they've shown the ability to stop the run. Um, you, then you go to offensively, you know, they're not just passing the ball all, all over the field. They have a, a, a pretty experienced offensive line that can run the ball. So um, I, I think they've, they've noticed that, you know, how they won the national championship eight years ago in 2010 was, um, you know, kind of the flashy, you know, score a lot of points kind of thing. And then they played pretty good defense back then. Um, but then over the years, you saw a really good offense and not a very good defense. Meanwhile, North Dakota State showed, you know, ever since they won five in a row starting in 2011, that you need a strong defense, you need to be able to run the ball. And then Eastern Washington has slowly started to turn back to that style of play. So um, I, I do think you're right when you're seeing when you're saying that what we're seeing is a team in Eastern Washington that's starting to mirror and wants to mirror what North Dakota State does because um, I, I think they've noticed. And I think I talked about it on the on the semi or on the podcast last week about the semifinals is. Eastern Washington has lost three semifinal games since winning it all in 2010, and those scores were like 40 to 38. So um, yeah. I think the players and the coaching staff knew that they have to improve um, a lot defensively, and they have improved a ton defensively this year. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it's noticeable. You know, and Coach Best is an intense guy, you know. Really looking forward to talking to him again uh, here in the next week or two. You know, it's um, it'll be interesting because this team hasn't, sniffed Frisco you know they haven't been a part of this um the days of the first half of the decade are past you know when Eastern Washington was in the discussion for Frisco you know every single year I mean they they missed the playoffs in 2015 they got kind of screwed out of the playoffs last year uh they lost to Youngstown in the semis two years ago you know so um you know these guys haven't been here before yeah and and it, it is interesting I wrote an article about today that you know, things kind of come full circle with this national championship game um, in this last decade because it was 2010, the last time Eastern Washington won a national championship. Um, right. And then the Eagles in the quarterfinals beat a team called North Dakota State, who was making mm-hmm. their first appearance in, in the FCS playoffs. And um, 
I think it was 38-31, Eastern Washington won in overtime. And a lot of people point to that game as the start of NSU's dynasty because that made the coaches, the fan base, the administration, especially the players realize that, hey, we're, we're pretty close to being a top team in the FCS, and that Eastern Washington loss um, made them realize that. And then NSU went on to, to win five in a row. Um, they've been to Frisco every year since that 2010 game except for one time. Um, this is the first time Eastern Washington has – going back to Frisco. Um, and I believe that 2010 game was the first year the championship game was played in Frisco. Um, I think so. I, yeah, I, it was in I, Chattanooga up until, until then, or maybe 09. It, it was, you're right, though. It was right around then it started coming to Frisco. Yep. And so, yeah, and things are kind of coming yeah. full circle for these two teams here. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, you know, as we as we get into Frisco, kind of segueing into talking about Frisco, I can tell you that there are a lot of people at the Frisco Chamber of Commerce who were happy to see North Dakota State make the game <laughs> yeah. again because the stadium's going to sell out. Uh, it's going to be 90-10 probably uh, ratio, mostly because North Dakota State fans buy their buy their tickets like a year ahead of time yeah. for this game. It was game, about, which it was about 70-30 already once last, last year ended. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, capacity yeah. was already 70% full with NESU fans. It was, and then that's that's saying something too with JMU involved because they're pretty crazy too. But they, were, I think they just bought out the seats earlier or something. So you live and learn when you uh, when you make frequent trips to Frisco. But we're gonna see uh, Fargo South again. Uh, I can't wait to see the Bison Tracker. That was the coolest app I ever saw. Somebody tweeted a picture to me of everybody who had signed in to the Bison Tracker traveling down uh what is what's the interstate i15 or what what is it i35 i think it's i29 is it i whatever goes from minneapolis down to dallas that route which is a straight shot that i know well cuz i have relatives in minneapolis and in dallas and they always talked about that drive um you know the the, the dots the green dots on that app on the map uh it, <laughs> it looked like 10,000 people were driving at once you know coming down so it's just a Really, really cool atmosphere to be around. We're talking about diehard fans. They're you know they're tapped in 365 days a year. It's a it's a just a really cool football culture. So we're we're looking forward to getting down there. And uh, Sam, tell me again what our uh, Friday evening plans are. Maybe we can meet some people. I, I, you you mentioned that earlier. I know I'm looking forward to it. What uh, what do you think we should be doing? Well, I think this is a little bit of your brainchild, too, on what we want to do Friday night. But we're hoping to um, go somewhere in the Frisco Plano area um, that's not, you know, overly packed with NDSU fans because there are some places like Scruffy Duffy's where you can't even talk to someone because it's so packed and they're allowing there. But Brian and I <laughs> are, are hoping to uh, find some place where um, we can have a few casual drinks, um, maybe some appetizers or something to eat, and, you know, invite any FCS fans uh, that want to come and chat FCS football and, you know, chat about whatever and meet up with us um, down there somewhere. I think that's because um, we have a lot of, we know a lot of Twitter handles, <laughs> yeah. But we, but we, but we can't put uh, a, a picture to that Twitter handle, or maybe even a full name <laughs> to that to that Twitter handle. Remember, um, it, it, and we know a lot of these, you know, our, our followers on Twitter are going to be um, down uh, in the Frisco area for the game, and we love to to meet uh, a bunch of you guys. 
Yeah, that's uh, it's funny, you know, how things change over time. The old saying used to be putting a name to a face or a face to a name. Now it's putting a Twitter handle to a face to right, a name. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, it, you know, but, you know, we wouldn't look. Let me put it this way. Uh, Hero Sports is working. I mean, F- our FCS coverage is working. And it's because of you guys, not because of what we're doing. It's because you guys are tuning in. And so we really, really appreciate you. And we really want to meet you. Especially after we've all been tweeting at each other all year. Sometimes playfully jabbing at each other all year. So uh, so anyways, we're looking forward to that. And that is uh, is big a deal to me, I know, as seeing a game on Saturday. So we're, we're really looking forward to that. So, um, it, you know, just to close out, Sam, what... What do you think of that town? I mean, I think it's kind of unique. What do you, what do you think about the town of Frisco? Well, I, I really like the the championship game being played there. I know a lot of people would rather have it um, in a warm, <laughs> a warmer area. Brian, you probably agree with that. That you know, tailgating in the <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't <laughs> mind it. I don't mind a little cold weather in my life. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think I really like you know Frisco in the Plano area because they embrace the championship game. Yeah. Um, I mean, Frisco is one of the, the fastest growing cities um, or suburbs in the U.S., but I think they do a really good job of um, embracing the championship game. And, you know, I've seen people say, oh, move the move the championship game to Orlando. Um, but, but I think the problem with that is Orlando or t- big towns like that host so many of these big events that yeah, you it get might just lost. be an afterthought. But, I mean, you, dri- yeah, you drive all over Frisco, all over Plano, where a lot of the bars are at. There's championship banners, you know, on the streetlights. There's, I know on that one main interstate or road we usually take to get to the stadium, there's a um, a big building with a huge championship banner, you know. Right, That's right. about 10 stories high. And I just I just really like how they embrace it. Um, I think the, the, the stadium, in my opinion, is the perfect size, um, the perfect venue that, that's getting, you know, some upgrades. And I know a lot of people – um, especially NDSU and GMU fans after last year were saying that they need a bigger venue. But, um, you know, if, if this was South Dakota State versus Maine, um, I think you mm. might see a lot a lot of empty seats. And, and you NDSU, would. NDSU is not going to be there forever. Um, they might not even be there next year. So um, so I think the, the, the venue is perfect. I think the town um, is perfect. The, you know, the mayor <laughs> really embraces uh, yes. the fans that come to town. Um, yeah, a lot of the businesses love it. Uh, the bar tenders <laughs> and the oh, they and, really love it. Yeah, they love it and know all about this weekend. And you know, I always hear stories of at some places the um, the bartenders are given the choice: either you can work New Year's weekend, which is you know always always pretty busy, or you can work sure. NDSU weekend. And they call it <laughs> they, call, they call it NDSU weekend. And really, everyone always calls dibs on NDSU weekend because wow, North Dakotans supposedly tip a lot better than anyone else and drink like fish and you know <laughs> all that so um yeah i i like frisco um i have fun there um and i think a lot of fans do as well so i think i think it's the perfect site and i think it's uh, i can't remember what the contract is but i think it's there for another three four or five years yeah no i think it's perfect too it, it's um frisco is a town that wasn't there like 25 years ago I mean, it, 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 you know, it was, I, I want to say it was probably, a, you know, cattle ranch area north of Dallas. You know, it was this, now it's this bustling suburb that's attracting all kinds of business. 
I mean, the chamber just did a great job of doing this. You, if you remember the mayor talking at the awards banquet last year, how the mayor was saying that we we actively pursued this. We actively pursued a bowl game. Because I think the Frisco Bowl is actually being played this week. And by the way, the FCS title game will outdraw that bowl game mm-hmm. between two FBS teams. Yeah, there's, the does. Frisco Bowl was last year, too, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I think that's in the next week or so. Um, so, it's you know, there's just... It, it's a it's a sports-loving town. I know FC Dallas plays its soccer there. I know the Dallas Burn before that in the MLS played there. Uh, it's a, They love soccer, as, as you can tell from the fields around the complex. So it's just a sports-loving town, and uh, it's doing really well and attracting families, and, um, you know, it's in the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's just it, it's a great location. Yes, last year would I have loved to have seen a stadium with twenty five to 30,000 seats? Yeah, because every single seat was taken, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of people that couldn't get in. But you're right. You're not going to get JMU NDSU every year. So, um, you know, it's relatively, you know, centralized. If you put it in Orlando, you're right, dude. I know Orlando. You can have a national political convention in a hotel and a comic book convention at the exact same time in Orlando because everything's so big. Mm-hmm. They can actually handle that kind of stuff. I mean, this even this game would get swallowed up by Orlando. But in Frisco, it is the only thing going on in town for four days. So it's uh, it's a cool place. It's centralized when you look at it from the standpoint of being in the south. So at least it's not negative 20 degrees. And I think, you know, two years ago when we went, we just hit. It just happened to be really cold, and it was cold. Last year wasn't even that bad. So it's, you know, it's relatively temp- temperate, 40 degrees, 50, you know, whatever. So, um yeah, really looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, what's, so yep. what, what is what's your favorite part of the Frisco trip? Whether it's the game, not the game, whatever. I just like meeting people who I've been talking to all year. Um, it's fun to get some time with the athletes. Who you know, a lot of times we've interviewed them on the phone, but um, we're not flying all over the country just yet. And so it's great to get FaceTime with uh, some of the guys we might be dealing with when they uh, start taking a shot at the NFL draft. You know, last year we did that. I sat with Chris Board. I had no idea the guy was, you know, going to end up being a top free agent, you know, out of North Dakota State last year. Uh, But those relationships sometimes just start with the, you know, sitting down and talking. And uh, that part's fun. Meeting the fans is fun. Uh, The press box Leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> with its sidelines, but that doesn't matter. I, it's fun to be out on the field when things are close in the end, and uh, and hearing the energy and seeing the fans pour out on the field. That's that's been a blast. The last couple of years makes for some good pictures. So I'm lo- really looking forward to it, dude. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's the cool the the coolest part for me is just seeing everyone down there, and that's the the cool part too about it not being in you know a huge city like Orlando. Um, where everywhere you go, um, you either see an NDSU fan or a JMU fan. Um, the last two trips I went uh, to Frisco were last year. Then the year before was um, NDSU and Jacksonville State, and Jacksonville State had had a pretty good showing as well. And everywhere yeah. everywhere you go, every restaurant you go to, you know, bar you go to, 
gas station you stop at to grab snacks or you fill up with gas, whatever. You, you're seeing someone um, in a JMU shirt or an NDSU shirt or a Jacksonville State shirt. Um, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll see the same this year with obviously NDSU fans and Eastern Washington fans. So um, that's always the the really fun uh, part to, to see everyone down there. And then, of course, I have um, some friends that make the trip too, so it's always fun meeting up with them as well. Definitely. Well, uh, we're looking forward to meeting up with all our Twitter friends <laughs> and the FCS fan nation. Uh, we already know we're going to be meeting some of the people who we've we've exchanged messages with there for a couple years now. So looking forward to it. I've said that five times already, and uh, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. Enjoy, hopefully, some downtime. I know we. Need some downtime. <laughs> I think Sam and I might be a little bit burned out right now. So a little bit of a break will be great, and then we'll be excited to get it cranking on the the backside of uh, Christmas. So we'll catch up with you next time on the FCS Podcast. Thanks for listening, folks.